Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the latest edition of the First Down Snapcast. Tonight I'm joined by regular pundit Stuart Horsfall and Ian Davis. How are you both doing tonight, guys? Very well, thank you, Richard. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really well. I'm glad to be back, actually. Um, I, I, I actually had to come back because you, you tried to replace me last week with somebody that was considerably better than me, so I had to come back. So that you didn't... Yeah, I had to come back because, quite frankly, I feared for my job. Yeah. I, th- I think you did need to come back though because I think Ian thought he had a bit of free will last week and plagiarising all your NFL whisperer stories and trying to get one over on you I, I know, I, do you, know you just can't have anything can you, do you know? you'll soon learn that Ian has nothing of his own he just he robs and steals everything yeah yeah on the podcast and in personal life yeah NFL news and rumours so the first story in the news this week um, has broke yesterday and it's been rebroken again today. The FA have agreed to sell Wembley to Jacksonville Jaguar owners Shahid Khan for six hundred million, with potentially a buyout clause of a hundred million if the stadium drops with in not the elite status in UEFA. Was it was this an obvious decision, Stuart? The FA selling Wembley. Uh, I don't think it was an obvious decision because I think um, the FA will have definitely taken some consideration about how the fans will feel. But um, I think it it makes sense from an NFL point of view. Um, I think it's probably one step closer to getting a a UK franchise. Um, Probably a debate that we'll have to say for another day on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But it looks like... um, Mr. Khan is definitely considering it, um, and obviously buying the Wembley is one step closer to that. What it means for the England national team, 
I personally, somebody who lives in the north, think it's a good thing because I actually might be able to go see them if they come travel and, and go play some friendlies at, for example, Old Trafford and, and places like that. It actually means that people in the north might be able to get to see them. So, um, yeah, it's a, a good deal in my eyes. It keeps Carnham keeps reiterating he's not moving Jacksonville. Is that just a cover up at the moment and it just doesn't want to upset obviously because Jacksonville are in a bit of good momentum at the moment. They're getting the fans through in, Jag- in Jacksonville and just don't want to say, yeah, we're moving just to break all that momentum. The thing with that is he, he can't say to his fan base when there's nothing cemented, can he, that, yeah, we're going to move to England. So I, I think you're right. It's, it's the fact that he can't alienate all his fans. You saw what happened years ago with the Cleveland Browns when they moved. And I, I think it'll be kept quite close to the chest. If, you know, if yeah. happens, I, I think it'll be announced as late as possible when it, I, when I, it does get announced. It's not often I agree with Ian. It's not often I agree with Ian, but he's, he's right. I don't think you can announce anything. Um, you can't even really announce your intentions until you've really got something firmly cemented in, in concrete and some, you know, some ink on some paper to say that it can happen. Because obviously there'll be all kinds of approvals have to go through with the NFL before you can move a franchise. I mean, looking at it purely from a business point of view, he could be looking at it saying, actually, the amount of NFL fans that um, the UK generates, it makes sense for him to have a piece of that pie. So he might have some agreements with the NFL to say, OK, if we don't have a UK franchise, but you can guarantee three games a year at Wembley, he might be making his money that way rather than actually bringing the franchise over. So you don't really know which way it's going. I personally think it's probably leaning towards bringing a franchise over, but it could just as easily be Mr Khan wanting to take a piece of the money in the UK market by basically um, having the revenue from the games. So you just don't know. Well, yeah, because if he owns a stadium and the NFL want to use it, he's going to get the money, not the FA, isn't he? So Exactly. So it's, it's good news though for the NFL in UK. Obviously, we've got the delayed Tottenham Stadium, which is purpose-built with a pitch for the NFL. But many fans do prefer Wembley, so the NFL yeah, team think, buying that secures it for a lot longer. Yeah. It's like the, tw- when the, the games at Twickenham. You know what I mean? The games at Twickenham are just harder to get to than Wembley. Yeah. I would, I would, I would even, I would. The reason why I think it's going to end up in a, in a UK franchise is because of Tottenham. I think if Tottenham hadn't had um, the NFL pitch put in place and it was just a normal football stadium or, you know, standard soccer stadium, so to speak, then I would suggest that it's probably more likely that Cam was buying it to invest in the games in the UK. But because now you've effectively got two um, areas, two pitches in which the games can be played on, that's what makes me think it's going to be a UK franchise because obviously the rest of the games that come up then would be played at Tottenham. It just it makes more sense. The pieces fit a little bit more. And obviously, yeah. from a football side of it, from here in the UK, you're going to hope he's not going to want to change the pitch at Wembley. Well, I don't, I, I'm sure there'll be things built in rather to do with the national team. There already has clauses. Been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get football fans, soccer fans moaning about it, which... You can quite understand it's the national stadium, isn't it? You know, you can understand people not being happy, um, but it's business, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been, I went to the, I've been, you know, I've went to watch football at the old Wembley. I've been to watch football at the new Wembley, and 
you know, I, I totally agree that it's the home of football, but the, the times in which we move now, that everything needs to be, um, it needs to be a break even. And if the FA can't make Wembley work um, for them with regards to the money they need to get in and the money that they need to, to make English football better, if they can't make it work, and this is the way that they can make it work, then that's the way we need to move. Um, I personally think it's a good thing because more fans are going to be able to see England. We saw in the build-up to the World Cup with, um, you know, the, when they came to Leeds, um, there was obviously a, a lot better atmosphere. Um, England performed better because the atmosphere was better. So for me, that's... Exactly. So for me, that's 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 all the positive things of England being on the road and maybe playing at different stadiums. Um, you know, if someone lives in Newcastle, can you really go down and watch a qualifier on a, on a Monday, Tuesday night? You can't really, but if it's local, it's in Leeds, it's only an hour and a half away. It just means that you're pulling in more fans from in from other areas. Yeah, definitely. Um, another news story what hit this week, and obviously I'll come to you, Stuart, because it affects you a bit more with your team. The Everson Griffin was left out of the Vikings squad on Sunday, and they never mentioned anything about it, but then obviously on Monday it was announced that he'd been left out due to health issues, and it Seems to be going through a bit of a rough time at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't really un, I don't really know what he's dealing with, but there seems to be some some off-field personal issues that have have created some demons that he, he's been challenging with. And and you know, you know, I've read quite a lot of stories about this, and I'm not quite sure which one to believe. There were some stories that he'd actually um, escaped out the back of a, a, an ambulance, but actually the Vikings have made a press statement saying that he's actually checked himself into. Um, into the hospital to get himself evaluated. So, I mean, for me, he's probably one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Um, he's an absolute, well, you know, he's the sack king, isn't he? So, I, I just, for me, I, I wish him all the best. And, and I think that, you know, the stigma is or the perception is that just because these guys earn a lot of money that they don't have problems to deal with. And, you know, some people would say that obviously the more money you earn, the bigger the problems you get. So I think everybody fights the demons, has got demons to fight. And obviously some are on a bigger scale and I just hope he comes back healthy. So, you know, all the best to him. Yeah, I think the problem you get, and this is in general, I have a theory about this. And with NFL, you know, you get a lot of players with these. We don't know exactly the problem, but they have these mental problems. You get a lot of Premier League footballers getting themselves into trouble. And to me, what happens is they're at school, the standouts are what they do. They get everybody telling them they're brilliant. They go to college in America, you know, they still get the same. They've got this star status. They're coming to the NFL or the Premier League. They get so much money thrown at them. And they've never grown up properly. They've not had a normal life. And that's going to create mental problems among some people, isn't it? They don't know what yeah. normal life is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to, like I said, I don't really know what's what's gone on in his personal life to trigger it. I mean, it, it could be... I know that in the past, it, it, it could be the death of someone that's quite close to you in your family that's just spiralled you into a dark place. That that could be one reason. And you don't know what, what can trigger these things and... And you know, mental health and depression is is such um, is such a difficult thing to deal with. Just you know, from the outside and the person who's dealing with it, that you just don't know. Unless you've been in that situation, you don't know. So I mean, I'm not going to start speculating about what how he's got into that. I just you know, from my point of view, I just wish him all the best. And I, you know, as a Vikings fan, I want to see him back doing what he does best, and that's smiling with a big grin on his face because. 
you know, if you watch the things from like the Minnesota Miracle, it was like a big kid on the sideline when Diggs scored that touchline. And that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm thinking about is the kind of that grin when he's playing. He's such a happy player. And that's what I want to see him back doing. I, I don't want to hear these stories about him. Um, you know, obviously the, the issues that he's got, you want to see him back on the field, being healthy, being happy and doing what he does best. Yeah, especially big grins he pulls when he sat them quarterbacks. Yeah. So finally on the news this week and we seem to be having this in game after game so far this year roughing the passer how Ian can you now tackle a quarterback or can well, you with a pillar of how you can tackle a quarterback you have to approach them lay a cushion down <laughs> gently pick them up and carry them to the ground and kiss them on the forehead and that's the only way I actually think I actually think that even if Clay Matthews did that, I think Clay Matthews would probably still yeah. get a penalty. Yeah. Apparently he's been suspended for calling, causing Jimmy G's ACL as well. How, how, <laughs> are the referees going too, a bit too stupid with this now? Because effectively the quarterback's just going to end up with a free roam around the field. Well, they're all doing it, so it's not really the officials, is it? It's what they're being told to do, yeah. but it, it's crazy, isn't it? There was, there was a couple in the Dallas-Seattle game... Um, Crawford just missed the sack and he got pulled through in the pass and one of Seattle guys stumbled into Dak just after he'd let the ball go literally stumbled into him and it was third down we didn't get it but in the passer 15 yards in the first down crazy yeah and, and I know that they're doing it to obviously protect the quarterback and I think there needs to be a happy medium found because some of the hits that have been going on on the quarterbacks I actually think you know, a, a good tackles like I mean, the one that Clay Matthews got called at the weekend, he was it was it was basically hitting in the midriff, head to one side. I, I don't even think he could have done it more legally if he'd have tried. Um, to be fair, these pass rushes are coming at quite a pace, so it's difficult to just adjust your body to be able to you know make sure you get your head to the side, tackle in the midriff, get your shoulder in. Um, I mean, you, it's hard when you're coming at that speed to not take the quarterback off his feet. Because bearing that mind, the quarterback's already on his tiptoes. He's usually pedalling backwards. So it's, I mean, just the sheer physics of it mean that the quarterback's going to come off his feet when um, when he gets hit. So I, I think they need to look at it seriously. I don't know whether it's going to be like the pass, the, the catch rule where it all gets a bit woolly for a bit and then they actually bring some new rules out to define it a little bit further. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it's silly at the minute. Did you see about the Miami guy who tried to avoid the quarterback he tried to avoid falling onto him twisted and he's done his ACL and he's out for the season William uh, William Hayes so I didn't see that because I didn't see big they've tried to avoid the injuries and because of that rule we've got you've got a defensive player out for the season I did see big Ben um exaggerating contact to get the pop yeah, from the pass yeah I've read about that yeah yeah so that's the other way that you're going to get. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that. You don't want it to go like football, where you get bloody people play acting just to get a penalty. And he's not the but, smartest um, quarterback, is he, to be doing that? No, you need to. I mean, in that same game, um, Gerald McCoy went through to hit Big Ben, and he started apologising mid-tackle. Have you seen that one? No, I miss. I'm not seeing that one. Yeah, McCoy comes through and Ben's just on the release as he drops his head to tackle him. And, and McCoy basically is hitting him, but apologising him, but because he can't stop hitting him. And he's actually apologising as he hits him. It's because it's he was macked up. It was ridiculous. How crazy is that? Mm. Yeah. 
I'm sure we'll probably touch on this throughout the season, but we'll leave it there with the news this week. I've got one one further bit of news actually that's just come up today, and that's about um, Eric uh, Eric Reid signing a, a contract with yeah, the Panthers. Panthers, yes, he has, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's back in the league. I'm glad to see him back in the league. So the next question is: is uh, do we reckon Cap might be the next person to get a contract somewhere? Well, there's there's a lot of rumours that Forty Niners want him back, but you don't you don't know if you're just saying that because. Obviously, Garoppolo's gone down. You want a bit of intent and go and get him because if Reed can come back, why can't Kaepernick? Well, I mean, this is this is basically why I brought it up. I think um, you know, is CJ Beathard going to be a quarterback that's going to do anything for the 49ers or is he just going to basically see out the season? Exactly, and they've had Tom Savage there, haven't they, for a workout? Exactly. And so, if you brought in Kaepernick. Could he do something? It's, it's a bit of an unknown, but you might actually get people, you might get bums on seats wanting to know what's going to happen. Whereas at the minute, now that Garoppolo's out, 49ers are a bit like, meh, because you know they're not going to do anything. But if you get Kaepernick back involved, they suddenly become a bit of interest again. So I personally think they should definitely consider it. Well, we see Jeff, they didn't win a game until Garoppolo went there, did they? So, but exactly. I, I mean, exactly. I don't even think that the... The wide receiver group is exactly blessed with talent, is it? So um, no, you need a quarterback yeah, who's going to find something, something special. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll go with Cap because of the fan base. No, I don't. I, I think they should do, but I don't think they will. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think they will either. But I think it would give the 49ers something. It'd be a bit more of an interesting season if they did. Yeah, keep the season alive, which it's going to go in it now. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get to the playoffs, so you might as well have a bit of fun on the way. And I think if Cap came in, you would at least have some entertaining games to watch. And like, yeah. back to your point, Stuart bums on seats. Exactly. No. So, no, it's interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that over the next few weeks, see if that changes. So, week three has come and gone, and it's time for that regular slot now on the show where we look at the highs and lows. Um, first high is a high and low. I think we can discuss them both here. Have we seen Buffalo Bills highest point of the season? And Vikings' lowest point, potentially? Oh, that was funny. No, not as, no. I'm sorry, Stuart. Do, do, be careful, be, be, be careful, Ian, because we have got to get on to talking about the Dallas Cowboys. So, how, how brutal I am about the Dallas Cowboys is all dependent on how nice you are about the Vikings. So, so are we going, Buffalo were fantastic, or Vikings just had an off day? Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people are coming out and saying that Josh Allen was amazing, but he got one passing touchdown, and quite frankly, I think I could have made that pass because he was in absolute acres of space. Um, I think the play calling from the Viking side of the field was shocking. We kept running the same play, even even after halftime. We barely got past the halfway line. Kirk Cousins got absolutely zero protection, which worries me because we're now going to play the LA Rams, which you know their defensive, their offensive line isn't exactly rubbish, is it? So there's some significant concerns I've got. Um, I I think Cousins held onto the ball too long on some plays. I just thought it was. I genuinely thought that it looked like a team that had taken the Bills for granted. Uh, and the Bills, to their credit, took a hundred percent. They took the chances, and they and they basically blew us out of the water. 
Um, you know, alone we'll only find out tonight whether um, looking past the Bills has actually done us any good. Because if we lose tonight, we're going to play the Eagles. We could end up going into you know week six with a one three one record, which quite frankly is not that's not playoff form. So um, a lot is going to hinge on tonight. Um, I think if we win tonight, which I think is a big big ask, I think then the Bills game might be forgotten about. But if we lose again tonight, then I think Zimmer's going to have to be coming up with some serious, serious questions. Because it was very... like I think we have discussed this before, Stuart. Um, they used um, Latavius Murray more as a receiving person than a running back on Sunday. They didn't really try... Couldn't even get a uh, game established, could they? This is what this is what bugs me. I mean, obviously, I'm looking at it from the outside, and obviously, you would expect the coaching staff at Minnesota to know more than me. But Latavius Murray is not a catching back. He's a he's an in between tackle runner. He's a bit of a power back. That's what he's good at. That's what he's made his name for. He's not a nimble. He's not like a, a Gurley. He's not a, a son of Michelle at Patriots. He's not a Dalvin Cook. He's not somebody that can do these kind of pack, um, pass. Uh, catching roles that's not his that's not his strengths and I don't think we've played to his strengths um, and, it, and well and obviously he got picked off didn't he when he was trying to catch the ball and he just basically flattened it up in the air I just I think I just think the, the, the Vikings got it all wrong against the Bills I think they got it all wrong and I think the Bills executed their game plan Perfectly, I, I I can't. It's, I, no, I'm not going to sit here and say that the the only reason the Bills won was because the Vikings were shocking. Just because the Vikings were shocking, the Bills still had to perform to a level. Do I think the Bills are going to perform to that level again? No, I can't see him winning against Green Bay this week. So, um, I I think you might have seen the Bills' highest point of the year. But what a high point! It, they absolutely destroyed the Vikings. Absolutely destroyed them. Definitely. Um, another high point this week Khalil Mack continues to inspire the Bears it's, it's, it's just phenomenal this season isn't it I mean he's always phenomenal but it's almost as though he's trying to rub John Gruden's nose in it at the minute and say look this is what you've given up because it's just week after week Bears only need him at the moment don't they he's doing everything the, the funny thing that I saw was the fact that Khalil Mack has got better defensive stats than the entire Oakland defence. Yeah. Uh, the Rams beat. Rams? I'll just... Yeah. Go through all 32 units, all right. Yeah, who's this Khalil Mack you're talking about? Never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's old age. It, 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 memory's the first thing to go. Yeah. No, he's definitely helping that Bears side. and It's giving the offensive side... Team, uh, offensive with Trubisky as many chances as possible to win games yeah because yeah, he's just throwing little passes but he's getting the time to do it because they're getting the ball back all the time so he's doing what he needs yeah. to do yeah Trubisky's Trubisky not been brilliant has he let's be honest no. I mean I, I know that they've been winning but he's not been brilliant he's been pretty rubbish to be honest yeah he's yeah. not setting it alight is he no with the de- the way the defence is playing they should be doing a lot better than they should be. The game shouldn't be as close as they are with the way the defense is playing. But yeah. Trubisky has really struggled, and I know what you mean. He's he's doing a been doing a lot more check down plays. But yeah. you know, if you've got a quarterback that's dynamic like that, you really want to be getting him out, making bigger plays, um, open up the playbook a bit. But it's whether he's actually got it in him, and yeah, I think that's the debate at the minute. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a definitely one there. Um, another high um, was the eventual victory of the Cleveland Browns. I think we all predicted barring Ian last week. Sure, I don't remember that. I thought I said they'd win easily. I, no, I, I listened to the podcast on my sick bed. <laughs> yeah, I listened to the podcast on my sick bed, and and you basically just slagged the Browns off from start <laughs> to finish. They were shambles, and they ain't got chance. You said they were. A, you basically said they were a shambles, yeah. and no team that's that much of a shambles was ever going to win. Hugh Jackson yeah. was a was a waste of space, and yeah, you basically just slagged them all off. They weren't winning though until Baker yeah. Mayfield came on. Yeah, no, I don't. I actually think changed it completely. Yeah, I didn't actually think that Terod Taylor was doing that bad, but I think when Baker Mayfield came on, he just took that entire offense to a different level. Yeah, they just seemed to have a lift straight away when he came on. Yeah, and and I tell you what, it it got it got a level out of Jarvis Landry that he hadn't shown so far this season. So that's I mean I'm not even remotely surprised they made him start because. If you were on the defensive side of the ball and you're looking at that offense now, you'd be thinking, "Oh yes," and you, that that'd inspire a defense, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I I think they'll win again this week. I really do. Definitely, I think they'll be there. And a couple of those there. I know you're definitely going to want to chirp in on this one, Stuart. Blake Bartles back to himself. Oh, after his yeah. super, superb game against the Patriots, he was back down to earth with a bump. Yeah, an awful he's just, he's, he's just, just I, he's a quarterback that, or maybe two or three times a season, will have a game where he looks like an absolute world beater. But for the rest of the time, he just looks like an absolute, an absolute duffer. And for me, that is the last piece of the jigsaw that um, the Jaguars have got to really start contending. Because I think they've done really well with the wide receiver group. They've mixed it up. They obviously let Hearns and Robinson go, but they brought in Keenan Cole. And that catch that he did the other week was absolutely phenomenal. So they look like they've got themselves another player there. They're trusted in, in Westbrook, but they've just got a quarterback that is so inconsistent that you can't really run any kind of offensive plan because you just don't know what you're going to get out of him from week to week. Um so, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jags went quarterback in the draft this year. I really wouldn't. Yeah, it's definitely looking at that's a position they're going to have to fix. Um, another low, unfortunately, um, Dallas failed to deliver again. Uh, yeah, it was... I thought it was quite ironic that Earl Thomas got two interceptions against you. Yeah, yeah. Did, you see him bow to the, did you see him bowing to the uh, sideline as well after the second one? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he bowed to the Dallas coaching staff. Because apparently they've been talking to him during the game, or before the game, when he was ready to get traded on Monday. Um, which he thinks they were doing it to try and upset him, but uh, it didn't really work, did it? Because he, he had a storming game. Well, I, I, but, thought, da- I thought Dallas had won where Garrett was clapping and happy. Well, he didn't clap quite as much as normal, to be honest. He still clapped, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. On the clapometer, it's not his best game. Yeah, I, I, the effective line. We should, you know, we've got we've got problems with that. They were getting past Tyrone Smith, which normally doesn't happen. Um, you know, Travis Frederick's still missing, so the defensive line looked awful. Not even having yeah. it looked awful. Um, well, I mean, the the, the, Seahaw- the Seahawks' O line is pretty pretty grim, and Chris Carson ran bloody mock. He ran a mock, didn't he? Really? Mm. But the, you know, the problem in our defense, our defense is doing all right. Byron Jones is rated the top cornerback in the NFL 
after three games. It's you know it's only not, three games though, isn't it? It is, but you've still got to do it over three games. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be the top cornerback at the end of the season, but what I'm saying is the Dallas defense is doing all right, but on offense, Zeke fumbling and. Did you see the pass where he stepped out of bounds beforehand? That's that's just lazy play. It's just ridiculous. And we were fourteen three down with seconds to go and there were Seattle were on the border of field goal range. Randy Gregory after the play shoved his hand in somebody's helmet and penalty put him into easy field goal range, another three points. They're just imploding. And yeah, well, in my opinion, it won't change until the coaching staff change. No. Yeah, I think Mr. Clapping needs to go, and I also think that you need to seriously consider getting another quarterback because. Um, well, you know, I, you know I think when we look, don't you, against Dallas? Well, yeah, they're just going to run the ball. I just because Dak doesn't doesn't throw anything downfield, so. Um, odd. I just, I'd, whether he can make those plays or not, but I mean, I was looking at the passer ratings, and and you know, we posted in the group that Brock Osweiler's got better better stats than Dak does over a, I think it was a seventeen game period. So eleven, yeah. He's thrown for two hundred yards once in the last nine games, I think. And if you, and, and a yeah. team of Dallas needs someone better than that, don't they? To be fair. Yeah. But, I mean, I know, I, they're, I know they're talking about they're having a go at the wide receiver group, saying you know that are they the best? But I'm not being funny. Um, then Dak's not even tagging them. You know, Alan Hearns is better than than what he's showing at the minute because he, but he's not getting the targets to do anything with it. I think Gallup is a really good wide receiver, but he's not. Again, he's not getting the targets to do anything with it. You've you've got other guys as well, but it, for me, it all rests on Dak's shoulders, where he's not even. Making the plays, he's he's relying too heavily on Zeke, which means that you know what Dallas are going to do. They're going to run the ball, um, and I saw a stat. I saw the stat the other day that um, all the teams that run the ball on the on the first down are all the teams in the league with the worst offense. So if you look at the, t- the teams with the best offense, so teams like Kansas City, they don't run the ball on first down. They basically make players. They go out and make players, and they make you defend those players. And it's the same with Jar- everyone knows what Dallas is going to do first down. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But that's 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 what I'm saying. If you look at teams like um, LA Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs, they don't run it on first down. They are making players, and they are forcing the defense to do something. They're basically saying to the defense, "Stop us! Stop us doing this." Where basically Dallas, because they're scared of doing that, or they don't trust Dak to do that, they're saying we're just going to try and grind it downfield. But I just don't think you're going to. You just got win. You're not going to win games by doing that. Well, two seasons ago we were because we had, without doubt, then the best defensive line, and they were far. They could just power the way through. You know, when Zeke broke all those records, it was we had an offensive line at the top of the game, and they were creating gaps, and we got a great running back as well. And it worked that season. We're not. Yeah. We're not, now we are, he hasn't got that offensive line. Yet the week before, I thought he did all right. Zee. You know, he's still putting the numbers up. But week two, he did well, but he had to fight for all his yards. He wasn't getting any help at all. I just uh, think that the the league from you know from when I first started really watching it five or six years ago, 
the league has developed now to the point where it is very much more a passing league than it is a running league. And if you don't have the ability to play the passing game effectively, and then you can mix in the run in and amongst, like like you know the Rams do, and obviously the Chiefs do with Kareem Hunt, but it's more you know passes to the flat where they can get the running backs into space. If you can't do that in in today's football, you're going to get left behind, and that's what I think Dallas are getting there. Hundred percent getting left behind now on offense. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's going to be a long season. Um, one more bit on the news. So, there's a comment there on Facebook, and I think Ian, you've promised to talk about something good happening with Carolina Panthers. So, about the lad from England who made his debut. Happy about it, yeah, I think it's a great story. Me and Stuart were talking about while we were waiting for you for half an hour before we started the podcast. For, 45 minutes. Was it 45 minutes in the end? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've gone stir crazy in this room waiting for Richard. Yeah, happy about it. It's his first um, real outing in the NFL, and he had a great game. Got the, he got, I don't know if you saw a picture of him getting presented the game ball. What we were talking about before you came on Richard was that I like his story because you know we've got people like Ajayi born in England but Abada actually played for the London Warriors you know he didn't have that upbringing in America that a lot of them have done so it's been a lot tougher for him so I think it's brilliant um, and the guy who you're talking about on Facebook Antonio Early sent me some details because Abada's actually come across well his flag got delayed um, but he is coming across still this week and he's meeting up with a load of Panthers fans um, in London, which I think is great as well, you know. So he's coming over here and spending a bit of time with our fans. Yeah, that's really good, is that? We're hoping to get some pictures for the group as well. Excellent. So, just want to end this week with your Offensive Player of the Week and Defensive Player of the Week, Stuart. Um, I'm going to go Defensive Player... Um, I know who Ian's going to go for already, but I'm going to go on defensive player um, Khalil Mack. I think the start he's had to the season has been phenomenal, and I think he's taken that entire Bears defense to another level. I think they were good last year, but I think he's stepped. He's basically brought them up to his level. You've got uh, Danny Trevathan, who's, who's upped his game. You've got Raquan Smith from this year, who's really <clears throat> upped his game as well. So I'm going to go. Um, yeah, I'm going to go um, Khalil Mack. And obviously, for me, um, quite guttingly, is a player that I had on my bench in fantasy. Um, I think this year, uh, this week, you can't look past um, Calvin Ridley for um, Offensive Player of the Week. I think 140 yards, three receiving touchdowns. He had an absolute monstrous game. Ian? Um, defensive player. It's my man, isn't it? Justin Evans with a, yeah, another interception. Yeah, he rang me after the game. We had a little chat. So, you know, a couple of things where he'd gone slightly wrong and he's going to take them on board and uh, improve on those little tweaks wow. next week. But, yeah, he's definitely on for defensive player of the season at the moment. <laughs> um, and my offensive player, I'm not really sure about this, but I think I'm going for Drew Brees. I think he, he threw for... I don't know, I think it was nearly 400 yards in the end. In a proper shootout against Atlanta. I'm going for him more from a personal point of view. I love it when the Saints get involved in those shootouts because I think Drew Brees is so good at it. And you always think he's going to come out on top in the end. He's going to pull things out. So Yeah, yeah Drew... and 
And you wouldn't expect him to get two rushing touchdowns either, would you? No, that is true, yes. One one using a spin move as well. Uh, My defensive player of the week is Darius Leonard of the Colts. So he recorded 13 tackles in the defeat to Eagles on Sunday and nine of them were solo. So it's, it's not even just been this week with Leonard. He's been absolutely class. He's another one that's... Uh, when you were looking at that Colts defence, you were actually thinking that they didn't look totally great, but he's made a real difference to them. Um, he's, a, he's, an absolute, he's an absolute star in the making, is that lad? In three weeks, he's got 30 tackles and three sacks. Yeah, that's that's... That's some seriously good numbers, is that? We haven't talked about the Colts much, have we? But I know, I know the one and two, but they've not had a bad start to the season. No. I mean, lost They're the Eagles really this well. week. Um, I did think it. I did think it was funny that they took Andrew Luck out because he couldn't make a hail mary. I didn't see that, did they? Yeah, yeah, they they, they, they needed the a big player to finish the game, so they took Andrew Luck out and put Brissett in because Brissett's arm is stronger than Luck's. Yeah. Um, and Luck came out at the end of the game and basically said that his arm isn't where he wants it to be and he can't be making those big plays. And actually, if you look at the plays that he's been making, he's been doing a lot of check-down plays recently since he's come back, so there's now questions about how strong his arm actually is. So it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on through the rest but of the year. But I think year. the thing is, he may, even if he's not the man he used to be, he's still marshals that offence, doesn't he? He's made him a better oh, yeah, by being on the field. Well, He's still better than Dak Prescott, yeah. yeah. Um, my offensive player of the week, I'm going to go a bit off field here. He probably want the number one start, he want the number one fantasy player. But I'm going to give my offensive player of the week to Baker Mayfield for literally coming in and turning that game round and just creating a bit of stability in that offensive team. We're obviously trailing that game so much, so yeah, Baker for me. Do you think Terod Taylor's going to get traded? Well, if if Cleveland are happy to go with um, Baker, I can't see Terod wanting to sit as stood back up this year. I f- think he would have been a go Browns full season, then Baker will be ready to step in and I'll move for 2019. I won't be surprised if we see him move, to be honest, because if you're looking at it, you've got you know 49ers, they could definitely do with a quarterback. He might go there, but obviously then when Jimmy G's back, if, if if Dallas don't want to trade for a quarterback, I, I, to be honest, I still can't see that. But there's an option there, so I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, could move on if he gets traded before the deadline. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that happens. It's a time of the show where we speak to the first down community and put them through a two-minute drill. This week is Matt Hubbard. I'm fine, thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Who is your favourite team and why? Uh, my favourite team is the mighty Miami Dolphins. When did you first get into the NFL and how did you get into the NFL? First started watching the NFL in the mid-80s, a bit of an old school. Sort of 84, 85, uh, watching the Super Bowl between the Dolphins and the 49ers. And uh, yeah, just took it from there, really. Who is your favourite player of all time and why? As a Dolphins fan, it's quite obvious, really. It's the uh, great Dan Marino. In my opinion, the most naturally gifted passer I think there's ever been. If you could have a current player from any of the other teams in your roster right now, who would it be and why? Uh, obviously Mourinho, for obvious reasons mentioned before, but if a current player, without a doubt, it would be Aaron Rodgers. I think, again, he's by far and away the most naturally gifted player in the league, if I'm honest. 
Are you for a London franchise or not for a London franchise? On the whole, for. I do think there's some concerns that needs to be addressed. Can it be sustainable for an eight, you know, eight game season with the same team? I'm not too sure. A lot of fans already have their own sort of team. Would they then switch permanently to a London team, be it the Jags or wherever it may be? So, yeah, a little bit mixed, but on the whole, I think it'd be good. Thank you for taking part, Matt. If anyone else would like to get involved with a two-minute drill, please drop us a message on Facebook or email us at thefirstdownuk at gmail.com. So, as we're heading to week four, let's just discuss a few of the games which stand out this weekend. And I'd like to start with the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. Stuart, is Tannehill's bubble about to burst or is he going to continue and go 4 0? Fins up, 4 0. Yeah, I don't think so. I hope, I hope the win. But, you know what New England are like in games like this? I, I think I think it'll be a close game and I think New England will win it. I think it. I think it'll be a close game and I think uh, Dolphins will win it. I think, I generally don't think the uh, Patriots are nearly the team they used to be. No, but they're def- definitely nowhere near where they were. Two years ago, when they beat Atlanta to win the Super Bowl, they've just put Rex Burkhead on IR. So in the backfield, they've got um, James White, who isn't a backfield runner. He's a use him as a receiver. They've now got Sonny Sonny Michelle or Sonny Michael, who's yet to show anything, and he's coming back from injury. So there's some questions there. They lost Jeremy Hill. They're putting a lot of hope on Josh Gordon coming back. There's questions there. You've got Edelman coming back. That's brilliant, but he's still a 32-year-old wide receiver coming off an ACL injury. So, again, you've got questions there. I think there's some significant questions about that Patriots defence. I mean, to be honest, that they'll probably prove us all wrong, but I think um, I, I think the Dolphins will do them. I really do. I think it'll be close. I think well, last, the last meeting was 27-20 at Dolphins in December. They're always close affairs. Be and also, Miami haven't gone 4-0 since 1995. No, they haven't. Yeah. That's quite... Yeah. No, I hope they do. I hope Miami do, to be honest. Because we, we, we weren't giving them a shout, yeah, were we? I think it would be nice to have a, another another leader in that division. Yeah. Uh, I just think just a bit of a change in the guard, just to change things up and... But don't get me wrong. I think Dolphins have been good so far this year, but I don't think they've really come up against much competition in the teams that they've played. Patriots will be probably their first big test, but even then, I don't think it's a Patriots team that has been as good as in previous years. So, um, but you can only beat what's in front of you, and I think the I think the Dolphins will win. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, Ian, what's your prediction on this one? Yeah, I think Patriots just. Is it a close win for Dolphins for you, Stu? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a one-point game to the Dolphins. Uh, sorry, a one-score game to the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I've got it as one score, but obviously I've got it going Patriots way. Just. The second game I'd like to touch on is the Saints against the Giants. So, Saints have had three extremely close games in the first three weeks is that about to change now and are the real Saints about to appear or is that D going to keep causing them problems 
They've only played the Giants, haven't they? So. Yeah, I, I think they've got this one sewn up. I think that that offence is so prolific and I don't think the Giants' offence is nearly as good as the teams that have run them close. It's not as good as Cleveland. It's not as good as um, Atlanta were last week. This is this is a Saints. This is a, a lock it in. This is a Saints win. Yeah, I agree. No hope for the Giants at all. I just, I just can't see it. Yeah. You, you know, they've, right, they've got Dark, they've got Beckham, but we say every week, they've got Eli throwing. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, I can't, so, I can't see him troubling the Saints at all. No, so... My job the, um, the Browns troubling the Jets either last week. So. Yeah, I think that, yeah, but it's a bit yeah. more convincing that you've got Saints going up against yeah. Giants. So, clean across the board yeah. then, Saints wins? Yeah. I would suggest so, yeah. There's a very interesting AFC South battle on Sunday in the 0-3 Texans against the 1-2 Colts. This could be really interesting because the Texans' D is working. As we mentioned, the Colts' D with Darius Leonard. It could be make or break for Texans. Because, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, to be honest, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think the Texans. The Texans. I still think Texans are a good team. They're one of those teams that's that's got a lot of talent and has got um, a potentially very high ceiling on that team. I just don't really think they've found the mojo yet. I think Deshaun Watson's still finding his groove back from his injury. Um, I actually think that they'll probably win this one quite comfortably. I think it'll be 10 points plus. Do you see? Yeah, I, no, I, yeah, I agree with Deshaun Watson's getting better. He looked terrible in the first game. A bit better in the second game. I thought he looked all right last week. Um but I just think, you know, we were just talking about with the Colts. I think the Colts, with Andrew Luck, have just got that bit more about them. And uh, I think it'll be close. And I, we're agreeing too much tonight, Stuart. But um, I do agree with the Texans are better than the, the school. I went three suggests. Um, and if they were at home, I think I'd go for them. But going to the Colts, I think the Colts will take it. Yeah, I'd, to be honest, we're not, all we're doing is you're agreeing with me, which is because you can't form your own opinion. That's more more what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, to be honest... Yeah, I've never seen a game in my life. It's just uh, you needed a third person, didn't you, all the week, and we managed to fool people so far. <laughs> yeah, basically, it was like a care in the community thing. We kind of found you down in the Samaritan shelter, and we took pity on you. It's like adopting a lost dog. <laughs> Uh, I, to, to be honest, I, 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 I don't mind the Colts, but I think they're far too. There's too much of a steady team, and I think they're always going to perform quite well. But I think um, the Texans are, are due a breakout game, um, and I think this is going to be it. The only thing that worries me about the Texans is the fact that Deontay Foreman's still on the pup list, and I think Lamar Miller's got an injury as well. So I don't really think they've got many options other than Alfred Blue out of the backfield. Which isn't great, but they've got some really big weapons on on the receivers in in D Hop and, and Will Fuller. So I just think I think um, Watson's gonna gonna turn it around this week and and put the Colts to the sword. Yeah, I I, I believe Texans. Will, this is the week. Even like I said they're away from home. It's not the best place to go to Indiana, but I just think the signs were there last week that victory's on its way. So I'm going Texans this week. 
And finally, it's not really a preview to do here. What are Tampa going to do? Does Fitz start or do they bring Winston back in against the Bears? Uh, if they bring Winston back in, I think there'll be an absolute uproar. You cannot drop a quarterback who's had 400-plus passing yards in three consecutive games. Is Tampa going to do make stupid decisions? No, they can't do it. It's ridic- if they do, it's ridiculous. I think they'll turn the whole franchise against them. The the the, the books have actually even the comeback in the second half against Steelers on Monday night was brilliant. I just they've got the whole franchise now wanting to watch them. That's behind them, and I think if they put Winston back in, I think they will lose any momentum that they had. I think you've got to ride Fitzmagic until um, the bubble bursts, and then you consider putting Winston back in. But, but until that bubble bursts, whilst he's got the hot hand, you leave him in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, he only started practicing with them on Wednesday, wasn't it? Um, so he hasn't had that much time either, Winston. So I'd, I, don't, I, don't, I just think it's weird they haven't said anything. There's nothing been said as to about. Apparently, apparently the coach says he knows who's starting, but he's not going to say yeah. nothing. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he does, but. It's just strange they've not... Well, I suppose that's to keep the Bears guessing. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that I, mean, I think Winston's starting Sunday. It wouldn't no, surprise me to be honest. There was, there was rumours coming out of the books that they weren't overly happy with Winston anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, they bench him and then trade him at the end of the year. I really wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But the thing that you've got to think as well, the other thing about this particular week, rather than going forward, is because part of that suspension is that he can't, he couldn't be at the team facility, could he? No. So he's not been practicing. He's, I know, obviously, he's familiar with the playbook, but he's not been doing it day in, day out, like Fitzpatrick has. So he's not even had a full week before Sunday. So that's got to come into the coach's mind as well. Fitzpatrick's got that playbook. He's well, we know what he's doing with it at the minute. It's, it's amazing. So, do you drop him with a quarterback that's got half a week's training in? I can't say. I think the mental if they do. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a very stupid thing if they do do it. Right, that's the end of the week four previews. So, here at the first down snapcast, we're always looking at ways of innovating and bringing new ideas and getting you involved. So, starting next week, in association with my touchdown box, we're bringing to you Gridiron Jewels. Stuart, would you like to inform the listeners of how to get involved and what Gridiron Jewels is? Uh, thanks for warning me that you were going to make me do this, so brilliant for that. Um, well, 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 me and you discussed this earlier today, and obviously Ian, I wouldn't have been fair to drop it on Ian. It would have been funny to see him um, sweat. Yeah, I would have dropped it on Ian. I would have made. I would have made Ian uh, explain it. Um, Let me do it then. Let me just have a guess of what it is. All right. No, because I told you earlier, idiot. All right. <laughs> yeah, um, he didn't know because he was late. We mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To be honest, me and Ian talked about it quite a lot. We, in fact, we recorded a whole podcast while I was waiting for Richard. Yeah. We we, we um, a new one next week. So if anybody wants to check, it's the, the Ian and Stuart show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, worryingly, 
if that gets more listeners than this one, we were doing it all wrong. Because basically, we spent 45 minutes slagging off Richard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to the uh, back to the get the gridiron drill. So basically, what we're trying to what we're going to do is we're going to get um, two guys per show. You're going to come on. You're going to get two minutes each um, to answer some quick fire NFL questions. Um, and there'll be random questions, so they could be anything. Um, you get two minutes each. person with the most uh, correct answers will progress into the next round, uh, all the way down until we've whittled it down to just the one remaining gridiron quiz champion. Um, and that person then will obviously be entitled to a prize, um, which we will obviously reveal at a later date. Um but yeah, that's. I think that's going to be good. It's going to be good to get some um, of our listeners on, um, maybe having a bit of a chat with them, um, getting some questions fired at them, seeing how good you guys are at knowing your stuff. Uh, and yeah, and let's uh, let's see how good you are. I just know we've got sixteen listeners. Yeah, yeah, we do need sixteen listeners. Um, yeah. We will have to vet because we don't want all these random Dallas fans just coming out of the woodworks. I can't talk to seventeen Dallas fans every week. <laughs> so if you check out the Facebook page today you'll see how to enter how to get in touch with us and we will get back in touch to arrange to get you on the show Very good. so it's the end of the show and as always we'd like to end on our honourable mentions who would like to kick us off this week uh, I've, got, I've got one um, I want to just talk about the stiff arm that Vance McDonald did against the Bucks on Monday night, which was he sent him a good five yards up in the air and then out and then ran in for another 55 yards for score the touchdown. I thought it was the best, possibly the best stiff arm I have ever seen. It was phenomenal. It, it was definitely a, a stiff arm from nowhere. <laughs> It was an absolute monster. If you heard his interview afterwards, he was just like, I just wanted to get him out of the way. I was like, yeah, fair play, fair play. But to be fair, it was a small cornerback going to try and tackle an absolutely massive tight end. So there was a bit of a mismatch there, but it still... It was just um, the timing, wasn't it? It was just the way it looked with the timing. Perfect, yeah. It was the reaction of all the players on the touchline as well when he did it. That was the funniest bit. You could see all the faces, just a complete shock, and then half of them started laughing. It was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was funny. Any for you this week, Ian? Yes, but I've just forgotten what it was. <laughs> God, this bit. <laughs> oh, no, I know what it was. And I mentioned it to you earlier. So my mind, well, I was sending a text message just then. Sorry about that. Um, I'd see about you got your priorities sorted on this podcast, Ian. Yeah, well, I was expecting to be finished by now because we should have started 45 minutes earlier than we actually did. Yeah, and to be like, fair, his meals on wheels is due soon, isn't it? Yeah, Caro yeah. yeah. took him in, will not it? Past nine uh, o'clock. Yeah. Yes. I listened to, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes broke a few records last week with the number of touchdowns he's got in the first three weeks. Oh, no. um, but until I listened to him, I didn't realise that he actually does sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> You've heard it, haven't you, Richard? I've heard it, yeah. And he, he is... A dead ringer for Kermit the Frog. So, anybody listening, if you haven't listened to Patrick Mahomes, go on YouTube or something and listen to him talking. It's brilliant. I actually thought he was putting a voice on to start with, but he's not. <laughs> he's great. 
I've, I've just got one. Has anyone seen the video of um, Bill Belichick um, savagely looking at a child at the Lions game and yes, high-fiving yeah. him? He's trying to high-five, yeah. He totally just left him after giving him the evil look. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's normal look, isn't it? It's not really a, a, a different look for him. Yeah. And... Any more for you, Stu, or are we going to head over to Ian's Dictionary Corner? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat for Ian's Dictionary Corner, to be honest. What, well, what have we got, got for this week, Ian? Well, I've only got one word, but I've got. I, I need to throw our minds back to how this started with the word winningest. How could we forget? How could we yeah, start how we this decided, kicked off? Yeah, which we decided was a stupid American thing that we just made up. Now... As you know, I like me PlayStation, and this week I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins, which is set in ancient Egypt, and there's a little bit of banter where just for a chariot race, and one of the Egyptians actually uses the word winningest in this computer game. So I was wrong, you know, this, this word has been around since ancient Egypt, so all it is is falling into disuse and the Americans have just picked it up again. 4,000 years later. <laughs> but I need apologies for that. Um, but yeah, the other word, this, again, this isn't exclusively an American thing, but it's sportsmen who give 110%. Now, do they not do, you know, NFL players go to college, do they not have to do a, like a little bit of maths while they're there and somebody explain to them? The most you can do is 100% of anything. You can't give 110%, it's 100%, not 110 and um, it does my head in. So that's my word of today, 110%. What I want people to do is say you're going to give it 100%. Right, we'll go. And this should be dropped. This should be cut from the roster. Let's get that, t- let's get that tweeted out there to all the NFL stars. If you don't do 100%, yeah. Ian Davis is not happy. Yeah. In fact, it'd be better saying I'm going to give 97%. You know, you could do that, couldn't you? You can't do 110%. You're just going to let yourself down. So I want one. I'm, 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 I'm going to give 96% every week. I'm 110% bored of listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, guys, for joining us this week on the First Down Snapcast. Um, Stuart, would you like to let listeners know where they can find us? Um, uh, yeah, so you can find us at First Down UK on Facebook. Um, we've got the same on for the website. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's T Snapcast. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Ridiculed Idiot. Um, I'm not very entertaining at all. Um, that's where you can find us. Any questions, any problems, give us a shout. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Spread the word. Um, hope you can get involved in the the gridiron duels. Um, yeah. Well, thank you guys again for your time this week. Apologies for being late yeah. and slap on this for me. We're back to normal time next week. He says that. I don't believe him. Yeah, I don't believe him either. No, no. I'm going to be invoicing him for my time. I'm perfectly going to start waiting for you guys. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.